All right. Warm Hockey Podcast, we are back. Episode 95 this week. I do want to start real quick before we get into any introduction. I do want to give um, well wishes. I know Dog Nation will probably touch on it. Well wishes to Peter McNabb, uh, who is fighting cancer. Um, his every intention of, based on statement given by him, to to be a part of uh, Avalanche broadcasts this this season, um, just by his own admission, just with a little bit of a different haircut. So he has high spirits and a good sense of humor about it, but um, well wishes to him and his fight with cancer. Start Thank things you for off doing there. it. I appreciate that. Uh, I saw him, you know, his old buddies call him Maxie. Uh, I saw Maxie at the Dog Nation golf outing uh, on the 13th of September. Uh, he was looking, he's been looking a little frail and as understandably, but um, you know, good well, we've, spirits. We've and, for years, we've noticed that a cup for a couple of years when we watch a game, yeah. we've kind of, we, we've made comments about, hmm, I wonder if he's sick or I wonder if something's going on. Yeah. He looks a little, so it makes sense that he it's come out with a diagnosis like this. It's unfortunate um, and prayers to him and his family, but um, absolutely. Anybody can pull through. It's him. So yeah, he's a good dude. He's a, you know, people don't realize uh, he scored almost four, just short of 400 goals in the national hockey league. And you, you won't believe that if you listen to him during a broadcast. Oh, he's, I know he's the he most self-deprecating guy. He doesn't sell himself very highly <laughs> with the things he says. But he would also tell you that, that he, uh, he got worked over a lot when he tried to rough it up with somebody, but he was no one to trifle with. Yeah. Uh, that I don't care what he says. He was a goal scorer and he was a tough dude and he played a big man's game and uh, we wish him the best because he's been a fixture in Colorado for a long time. And good old, good on old Maxie. He is, when he broke into the league, his, um, his roommate was Tim Horton. Oh, nice. Yep. No, I think I heard you mention that before. So anyway, wanted to start it off. Uh, well wishes and prayers to him and, and his family. Um, I know, uh, our friends with Dog Nation will probably be doing some sort of um, event or tribute or message for him as well. So um, definitely and well-deserved well wishes for a, for a, oh. a re- respected guy in not only hockey, but in the, in the Colorado community. So top notch guy. And I I've always wished that he would have, he or Ray Ferraro would have been the ideal guys to take over for Don Cherry their perspective on the game, their sense of humor. If you could take the corporate reins off of Peter McNabb, he is absolutely hilarious. That's what I was just going to say. The only problem with Peter McNabb is the replacement is, uh, is you'd have to hire him on, he'd want one, he'd have to want to do it and, and leave Colorado, which I'm not sure at this point in his life, he would want to, he seems to have a very good, comfortable gig doing what he does for the avalanche. But um, if he did say yes to it and you did bring him in you'd have to in his contract and and for employment have to basically give him free reign yeah he's not the the problem with and diehard avalanche fan here but the issue with altitude and the avalanche and the way they have it and it's not necessarily the avalanche it's altitude the way they have it is you can't say anything negative against the avalanche. So even if it's something critical to, Ooh, that was a bad giveaway. If you listen to a broadcast, it's fo- immediately followed up with two or three extremely positive things. Well, and, he doesn't even say any bad things about anybody anywhere in the league, the opponent or the referees or any, he just, his, his spin is a hundred percent positive and that's fine. You don't need a, a guy, you know, spreading uh, spreading poison out there. But on the other hand, 
what makes the game funny is being able to be candid. And that's one of the things that Grapes has done all of his career. It's what Ray Ferraro has done so well. Uh, it's what Nick Kiprios did well. Like, the, you just have to be able to be honest. And nobody has thicker skin than a hockey player. So I don't see why they don't do it, except in a politically correct world. A uh, couple other pieces of news for you. First of all, on the subject of Dog Nation, great organization. If you're not familiar with them, become familiar, dawgnation.com. Uh, they are a fantastic Colorado-based uh, hockey charity and, uh, and know the guys well, love the whole thing, the, the people that run it and what they do for the community and for players. Uh, there is a ton of good stuff going on there at the Dog Nation. So uh, become familiar with them and, and follow or support. Another piece of news for you, and I think I can say this without violating any uh, confidentiality, uh, our good friend Dave Jackson has been hired by ESPN to do the officiating uh, cons consulting on air broadcast 62 games this year on ESPN. So uh, he will be the guy, if you watch PGA golf, he'll be the guy explaining the rules. His, his objective is to demystify what most fans don't understand about how the game is called and why. And so, uh, he, he'll do a fantastic job at, at that because of the experience of nearly 1,600 games and his personality. So good for Dave. I think he starts on opening night in Toronto. So um, you know, that'll be a welcome addition. We're going to, uh, I believe, what's today? Friday night. Oh, I don't know if I should say this or not. I don't think he listens to us yet. Um, if he doesn't, then shame on him. <laughs> You talk, about, you talk about objectivity and, and, and quality hockey content. He should be listening to us if he doesn't uh, already. So uh, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to him if he does. If he, <laughs> does, if he doesn't, then, you know. We'll try to get it corrected. Get on the ball here. I'm going to a birthday party for your old pal this weekend, but it's a surprise, so I can't, I can't say it right out loud, Okay. But, okay, well, just in case he listens, don't say it out loud. You okay. told me off air so I know who you're talking about. <laughs> hey, and, uh, and, hey, happy for my best bud, you know, <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> I knew that. I knew you'd like that. Well, anyway. Warm Hockey Podcast, episode 95. Uh, we are back with you via Zoom. Um, we'll put this one on YouTube for you as well. Um, make sure you, if you haven't already, you head to the necessary social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Warm the Hockey Podcast, at Warm the Hockey Podcast, respectively. We are on Apple Music, uh, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, and we are on iHeartRadio. We've had some technical difficulties on iHeartRadio, but we are on there, and we are also on YouTube, Warm the Hockey Podcast as well. So make sure you subscribe, rate and review, uh, hit the notification bell, and share. Uh, share us with anybody you know, uh, engage with us, writing questions, comments, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we'll get going here. Warm the Hockey Podcast, a uh, lot of things coming up. I think we, we'll start um, with some of the changes we're looking forward to with our podcast coming up and then we'll, we can get into hockey. What'd you say this is, 95? Is this 95, 95 today? 95. Oh. All right. Good, good, good. Ninety-five. So Warm the Hockey Podcast, looking at some changes coming up uh, here in the future. Um, not a whole lot of, of change in terms of 
of how we talk in a way. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the strictly interview style of things. Um, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. But, uh, we are looking at, um, more of a structured pro professional presentation coming up here, uh, in the near future. Um, hopefully, not hopefully, we will at some point too in the future. I know we've talked about it. Um, I know some of you are probably even waiting for it, but here in the near future too, we're going to hammer down the uh, technical side of uh, video and things and getting um, more consistent with video in studio podcasts as well as the audio. Uh, right now we do the video via Zoom. Um, that only provides a certain level of, of quality. So here at some point when we're in person again, when we get settled in certain, in certain aspects of life here, we'll, we'll hammer that down and get that officially ready to go. And um, hopefully here too, when we get settled down, uh, War Room will be uh, having more consistent guests on, uh, provide a little more freshness to it than just, than just us and our faces and our voices, even though how can you really get tired of us? I, but I Don't be ridiculous. So a well, lot, lot to look forward to with that. Um, I know you'll be looking for my help on the technical side. So anytime you're ready, just uh, let me know and I'll yes. Yes. show you where the on-off switch is. Also, um, we've, t we've touched on it. It's something we are going to do. It's something I'd like to do. Um, obviously, uh, there's going to be an aspect of it that unfortunately will be missing. Um, but we are going to do um, with each episode. Uh, well, not even, not even, you know, I scratch that. I don't want to do it with episodes. I want to make it its own, own thing um, for YouTube and stuff, but we're going to do uh, whiteboard sessions uh, since we watch, since we watch a lot of hockey and we both have coached and we both have whiteboards, um, uh, put a camera on the whiteboard and kind of walk through um, a play or two uh, that we've noticed both good, good or bad, either one um, in one of the games we watch uh, each night and have it filmed and that way we can upload it and, and talk it through it. Copyright issues, the best way to do the whiteboard session would then be have video to be able to show the, the play and then walk through it. Um, but obviously we can get around that sort of um, in the meantime with uh, just kind of explaining it and explaining what period and, and who was involved in things. There's just, there's no way for us to put an NHL licensed clip on our YouTube without any issues. So we're going to have to avoid that aspect, but whiteboard session nonetheless will be good to walk through. I'd love to have done it for last night, uh, the play uh, Seattle and Edmonton between Hyman and McDavid on their goal. Uh, was that was just beautiful, boy! Was there was beautiful, a beautiful play. And if that's what if that's what we have to look forward to in Edmonton. Um, Edmonton may make a step this season. Um, finally, having Hyman, Hyman with uh, somebody to play with with McDavid. Nonetheless, though, would love to have done a whiteboard session. I may even do a, white, a whiteboard session myself for it um, for that play. Just uh, kind of explain it, walk through it. But um, on the, that, on the that'll, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, I, I get it, and that's a perfect one because when I saw that thing, I, I wasn't watching the game. I watched uh, Boston Rangers. I bought, watched most of the Avalanche game with Vegas, but they showed the highlight of that thing, and I got to stand up and salute Puliyarvi because he his backhand pass to McDavid made that thing, made that world go around, not only chased down a loose puck, 
found McDavid in full stride on the backhand between the dots, bang, bang. And this, this is a guy that a year, a year, a year and a half ago, we were talking about him being one of the colossal busts of the last 20 years. So maybe it just took him a little while to get it going. Uh, let's see. Uh, but yeah, I know which look forward to look forward to that. Um, I hope you're looking forward to it. At least the start of the, at least at the start of the regular season. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a daily, a daily thing up on our YouTube. Um, if not done by both of us and at least done by me and communicated and detailed between the both of us and, um, and put on our YouTube to at least describe, uh, describe some really good plays, guys moving without the puck, uh, good puck movement, good power play, good whatever, or bad. You know, this was a mistake, bad giveaway, why'd you do this? Back to the basics of developmental hockey, nothing up the middle, you know, kind of thing, um, whatever. But walk through the whiteboard, coach style, uh, for people to kind of get a more in-depth kind of coach feel with it than just simply watching a game. So, and on the subject of that, Evan, let me just say for everybody listening, uh, it doesn't matter who you are or what level you have been at. Uh, sorry for the dangling participle, but it doesn't matter where you've been. You can come from, you can come from a professional rank into a, into a peewee practice and you can learn something and it, it could be somebody doing something really impressive without the puck or somebody doing something very instinctive, or it could be a great defensive play. It could be a, a practice session that can drill something that you want implemented during the game, but you can learn something from anywhere. And a good coach will always know that nobody at any level of coaching should ever say, I got it and I don't need any more. I, you, if you're not, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward and you can learn from anywhere and you should learn from anywhere or you're not really all that great to begin with. So keep your mind and your eyes open and you will always become better day by day. I hope everybody has an open mind with our, with our whiteboard sessions coming up and is looking forward to it. So war room whiteboard sessions coming up at least if not, if not here in the next day or two covering uh, a few moments in the preseason, definitely to start the regular season and throughout the season, we'll do, we'll do very consistent whiteboard sessions. So a lot to look forward to with that. Yeah. I, I'm, that's going to be fun. I, that's one of the, one of my favorite things, even though I was never much of an X's and O's guy uh, because I don't have the instinct. That's a, that's going to be fun. And I love doing that. Do we need to be careful that the NHL is using our content without permission? I mean, I know we can't use theirs, but do we need to watch? Do we need to get uh, somebody involved to make sure that we're protected? Like, sure. I'm uh, we, back, uh, we could bring back Louie. <laughs> do you think I'd he's bring still- back Louie, hire him in a different capacity, make sure and make sure he and he's our intellectual property consultant. Yeah. Make sure he's got everything, all our ducks in a row. But might- I will say, I will say this: I can't. I can't say that I'd be against the NHL using some of our content. We're getting getting our name out there, and it means we're it means what we already know, and we're speaking we're speaking truth. So yeah, I get it, I, and I would look the other way for that. Yeah, episode ninety five, Warm the Hockey Podcast. Get into uh, some hockey things here uh, to close things out, and then we'll get uh, continue get moving forward, getting ready for the regular season, which is coming up in the next two two and a half weeks to start the year, and. Hopefully an 82-game schedule, and hopefully Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, 
hopefully we uh, get an A2 game schedule, full playoffs, fans in seats, all that stuff. Uh, hey, I got a question for you. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you on all that. And so far, so good uh, for the most part, at least the National Hockey League level. Some of the junior uh, leagues have to figure out what they're going to do and how based on the states and provinces and, and restrictions that they have to deal with. But watching the Avalanche game last night, who do you – who are their four or five guys on the depth chart at right wing? I mean, beyond Rantanen? At right wing? At right wing. What are they going to do on the right side? Is, is Henry, uh, O'Connor, Marty Kaut, well, Okaj, who do you like over there? O'Connor is kind of your given. He's a guy who's earned himself earned himself a reward of at least being um, an at least being an everyday extra, if not you know an everyday lineup guy. He's he's got the skating ability. He's got the work ethic, and yep. he's he's earned it. So O'Connor's kind of a given, at least in my opinion. Um, I like this game. I like. I mean, he's a he's a third or fourth line guy right for the time being. Great four checker, good energy guy. I like him. I, oh, here's, I, haven't, here's, I haven't seen Marty Kaut this year, uh, and I saw the Bocash kid last night play some, and I don't know how ready he is. I know he's very young. Do you, are you moving Comfort to the wing? They're pretty deep up the middle. Like, are you going to take? Are you going to take a guy like Comfort or Newhook or somebody and move him to the wing? Well, here's their their depth you know, right now. Their depth chart down the middle is McKinnon, Kadri. And obviously, obviously, you know, based on face-off percentage, based on where they fit, things can move. So depth charts here are not set in stone, obviously. But at least based on the depth chart down the middle right now, they're McKinnon, Kadri, Jost, uh, Darren Helm, and Darren Helm. That's their, their four guaranteed NHL center icemen based on the depth chart. Down on the right side – um, Ranton and Burakovsky are your two two big ones, and uh, again, he's he's solid right now. Right now, if you're following them in in camp, uh, Bednar is loving Nichishkin on the second line. So oh, he, he's a beauty on the second line. Now, I, put him, so put him on the second line with Kadri and Burakovsky, and um, based on Bednar, he loves it. And Nichishkin has. In my opinion, Nutrition's earned it. So you put him in those minutes and, and you give him that time and he's a big body guy for and for a Russian, he's not afraid to go to the corners. And he's he's based on, and he's another guy like Pugliarvi, who um if you were talking about Nutrition three three years ago when he's in Dallas, we're like, Wow, what happened to him? And right. now he's kind of been revitalized coming to Colorado. So down the down the right side, Ranton and Burakovsky, Nutrition and O'Connor are your kind of your four main ones, and then you have yeah. Kiefer Sher- Sherwood. Um, you have Martin Kaut. Kaut is Kaut's one of those guys um, where if he doesn't make if he doesn't make it by the the end of his his ELC, you're likely seeing him bounce out. And um, you got three guys playing the off wing. What's that? You got Burkowski, Ranton, and and, and Nachushkin all on the right side playing the off wing. Is that right? Yeah. Well, Ranton likes the off wing. I know. He works well on the off wing. That's, and he can play wherever he wants to. Yeah. Ranton loves that off wing. If you watch his one-timers, 
you know, especially on the power play or anything like that. He is, it works for him and he does very, very well. Protects um, the puck on the backhand so well. Tell me this. So as much as I like Tyson Jost, as much as we've seen him play since he was 17, 16, 17, I don't think he's an NHL center iceman. I, think I, don't, I, don't, I don't either. Newhook is. I, don't, I, I think Josie's better off on the left side. And no, this, year, this year will, will tell a lot. Jost has come out and he said he's worked very, very hard in the offseason to come in prepared to, to, to have a breakout year. He wants to produce. He wants to produce. He wants to be, he wants to be that guy. Uh, he believes he can be. I believe he can be. Um, I, I, either way, though, I don't write. A lot of people are critical. I don't. I don't write Jost off. He's he's a, oh. he's one of those guys that you, that, as far as I'm concerned, keep him in Colorado for many many years. I'll say that right now. Keep him there because he's a he's an instrument. He's an he's so big in the lineup in so many ways because you and I both know from the developmental side of things, from all this stuff that that production in the game is not strictly on the score sheet and sure. what Jost can, what Jost has been able to do on the penalty kill and in improving his game, he's, he's gotten stronger on the puck. He's yeah. harder to push off the puck. He's mo- moves the puck. Well, he sees the ice. Well, he can put in s- half a dozen goals, timely goals. When, when you need it, he can do these things. He's huge on the penalty kill. One of the best penalty killers I've seen in a long time from a guy who is not, who is not touted as a penalty penalty kill guy, and he has done tremendous. And You're so, talking about a very versatile player, so I, I struggle I, to understand and see the criticism that Jost gets. Oh, I, I I get it. I get it from the perspective of if if you're criticizing Jost strictly on the basis that he was taken tenth overall, no, no. and he needs to produce more. No longer matters. He's going to be cost effective, Evan. He he's not at the for the time being until he starts putting up twenty and thirty. He's going to be cost effective. He can go anywhere in your lineup. He can play from top to bottom, wing or center ice. He can kill penalties. He can play power play. He can do it all, and he can do it all for a very very modest cost right now. A, a modest uh, AAV. So that being the case, is not criticism. I love the guy. I'd love I to see him off off center ice, though. Can, I will say that better off to, on the wing than at center ice. Now, maybe this year, maybe he's gotten stronger, maybe he's gotten faster, maybe he's got made some changes in the, in the way he approaches the game mentally, and and he'll be an effective center iceman. If he is now, they they're like seven deep down the middle. Okay. If you if you take if you like guys like I like Shane Bowers early on. Shane Bowers he, is one of those guys, though. Well, you mentioned his name. Shane Bowers is another guy where he's this has got to be kind of his year or he's likely done. I thought he played I thought he's very effective. At least in Colorado, he's likely done if he doesn't if he doesn't kind of push through this year. If he's not a guy that earns himself Logan O'Connor style call-ups and extra spots, he's likely he's likely done. Just look at it from an AJ Greer perspective. You you know, you've you work how many years, and at some point you are either an AHL guy or you you break through. And he's so so, that, I'm curious to see what he does. The nice the nice problem is that between Comfer, Newhook, Jost, uh, Shane Bowers, who I think can be effective uh, in the three or four hole, 
you've got guys now, uh, you've got guys that can, can juggle around in your lineup. You've got some depth and you've got some options. You don't have guys uh, that are pigeonholed into top six, bottom six, seven minutes, whatever it is. So now if you can, if you can develop a Bocage, uh, if O'Connor is one of your guys on the top nine on the right side, and maybe Henry becomes an everyday guy, and Marty Kaut, so yeah, you got options there, and I, and I like it. And and they've got some youth coming along that will cost them very little as they move into having to pay in a couple of years. McKinnon, they were talking about a uh, Shane Knighty was talking about last night how many how many contracts they have coming up. He said they've got eleven guys, but like two of them are everyday critical guys to sign. Yeah, are you know it's just not that big of a thing. So right well, now, it, it, that opens the door. That opens the door. Real quick, that opens the door for some the it's a pet peeve of mine. It really grinds my gears, and I love the passion from people. You're if you're a fan of the game of hockey, then I applaud you because it's the greatest game. Good for you. Love your passion. Love all this stuff. But it it's a pet peeve of mine. It grinds my gears. These people that scream these things with no education. So. So I'm going to, I'm going to scream that, okay, they got 11 contracts up. Okay. But do your homework that nine of them are, are rookie ELC league minimum guys. And, or they're not even everyday players. Gets me is the big one that gets me right now is goaltending. Blood pressure goes sky high for me with, with goaltending this, Oh, Kemper, you know, I don't know. You know, he's had health issues and, oh, can he really replace Grubauer? And, oh, that's the biggest question that Colorado has. Oh, I don't, but, and I sit and I sit there and I'm like, do these people not realize they said the same shit about Grubauer? You trade for Grubauer and, oh, he's not a starter. What are you doing? Why didn't you sign Varlamov? No, okay. Now because he's gone. Now, now he's has health issues. Oh. Man, that's their biggest hole. That's their biggest flaw. Oh my gosh. He has one in his career, his entire career, Washington and Colorado, one Vesna trophy finalist year, one. And now it's how could you let him go? Why didn't you resign him? Oh, Kemp, Kemper, health issues. Oh, and it's like, wow. do you not understand? And this so is- it just, it bothers me. Okay, so in your in the guys they were talking about, which is you're right, completely. Uh, I wouldn't say irrelevant, but your Natishkin's not going to cost a fortune. I don't buy Darren Helm. I bought I bought him eight nine years ago as a Red Wing. He was fantastic in the bottom six. He was very versatile, very difficult to play against. He's no longer that player. Darren Helm is a Darren Helm is a one year guy. He's He's a one-year depth guy who still, if you watch him play, he's still got the skating ability. So he's he's a depth guy that can provide energy in the bottom six for one year at as, as at a cheap price to kind of ho- hopefully provide that effective experience to a team that's trying to win a Stanley Cup. So at 27, Curtis McDermott is not a factor. He's, he may not crack the lineup. We'll get to the defense in a minute. Jordan Gross is not going to be a factor. Francis is not, you know, until he proves he can stay out of the, out of the body shop, he's, he's not, not going to cost you much. 
you got to sign Burkowski. You got to probably have to sign Kadri or trade him. Um, Darren Helm is not a big deal. Maltsev and Stefan Matteau are not. They're, those are not people on the radar that have to be signed. So it's very misleading to say they've got nine or ten guys that they've got to get signed. You're going to love Ryan Murray if you don't already. Yep. He's, one of, he's one of those Devin Tays kind of players that you're not going to see a lot of headlines out of, but you're going to love this guy at the end of the year. You're going to hope they re-sign him. Yeah. So with the Kadri thing, to me, what you do with Kadri is going to depend on what he does for you up to the trade deadline, basically. So what can he do production-wise? What can he do discipline-wise? And where, where are you as a team come the trade deadline? If you are in need of some extra, extra leadership depth pieces to put you over the edge come playoff time, you clear Kadri's cap space and, and you do what you need to do, especially right. if you're deep down the middle like, like they I, seem to be. So, just to say that, yeah. So, and, because here's the deal. Look, off the ice, nothing against Kadri. On the ice, when he is disciplined and he's producing and he's going – Love Kadri. Yep. Here's the question, though, and this is more of a rhetorical question because we just won't know unless we get to that point. We'll see it. What, what kind of growth can Kadri show you in the discipline realm come playoffs? Because if you keep him, okay, if you keep him, he is exactly what you need him to be. He is that face-off winning, second-line top six center iceman that you needed so desperately for a number of years. And now you have him. So don't just trade him because he has, because he gets suspended one playoff, but he, he is so key though, that you cannot go into another playoffs this year if they get there and have him get suspended again. The biggest issue. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they're the reason they didn't get, get past Vegas was Nazem Kadri alone. There was a lot of, a lot of inconsistencies there, but he really shot himself and the team in the foot by being undisciplined and doing what he did. Should it have necessarily been did it every year in Toronto? Should it have necessarily been eight games? No, because that's welcome to the conversation we've had a number of times about the Tom Wilson incident and whatever else. Should it have been eight games? No, but he did deserve to be suspended. And you yeah. can't come across like that and then say, oh, well, he bent over. Well, no, you, he was taking a shot and you, you basically headhunted him. He deserved four to be. four or five years in a row that he's done that now. You, you, so he was vilified in Toronto for the same thing. Every spring, three games into the playoffs, he's gone. Yeah. So, so uh, here's, here's the, the, the question. Come trade deadline, come throughout as the regular season progresses, where the team is, what Kadri's doing, all these things. You're going to have to weigh if you're Sackick, if you're Bednar, because Sackick and Bednar are a tandem. They're, they're in each other's ears with decisions and things. Here's, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to weigh it. And you're going to have to see the risk. If he's producing well in the regular season, if he's producing well in the regular season and he's doing well for you and he's providing what – what you wanted him to be and what you need him to be. You have to sit down in the office and ask yourself, can he, can he be that guy in the playoffs? Not even from a production standpoint, can he be a consistent on ice disciplined guy in the playoffs? Can he do that? A 
on the ice. Can yeah. he stay on the roster in the springtime? Because if it, so, here's, here's the deal. I'm not, obviously not in the front office, neither are you. But here's, here's how I would do it. I'd sit down if I'm, if I'm Joe or, or Bedsy, either one. I'd sit down in the office and I'd, you're, you're Joe, I'm Bedsy. And I look at you and I say, can he do it in the playoffs? And, and if we look at each other and it is not 100% without hesitation, yes, you move him. It, you can't take the risk and let, you cannot take that risk unless it is one, unless it is a 100%, 100%, no hesitation. Yes, he can do it. We need him. Let's go. Otherwise you got to move him. It also, and you're, you're completely right. It is a playoff issue. It's the same playoff issue that, that the Toronto Maple Leafs will face every year, that Edmonton will face every year. Every team faces it. Nice regular season, fellas. Good job, but you're, you're gone in six games. So it, it is a complete playoff issue, but it also depends on how much he and his representatives think he's going to be worth. If he's coming to you and saying, okay, I'm in the prime of my career and I'm looking for six years times seven and a half, you got to move him. You got to pick up something so you don't lose him for free in the off season. If he comes in and he's making four and a half right now and he comes in and he goes, if I can get term, I'll resign for four or four and a half and stay here, then you probably can risk the playoff run. But if he's asking too much money, you just have no place to put it. And he also, I like Nazem Kadri a lot, always have. He's extremely versatile. But is he anything that Alex Newhook isn't in a year or two? So a few hundred protein shakes and Alex Newhook is Nazem Kadri. That's it. So, Part of the part of the weighing conversation you have to have if you're Sackick and Bednar, you just got to ask yourself: We're deep down the middle. Yep. Is Kadri is Kadri right now anything that Newhook, Jost even because yep. Jost is still young, um, Bowers if Bowers can break through, Comfer is he anything that that these guys aren't? If and here's the deal of those of those lists, I like Comfer more if, it, in comparison. If yep. If Comper, if Comper can be consistent and produce and win faceoffs, Kadri to me is a guy that can go because now you've got a guy that can play in the top six who's, who goes to the, to the dirty areas, who has shown over the years that, that he can scrum it up and, and draw penalties. Yeah, Kadri, I, has a, Kadri has a discipline issue, whereas Comfer gets in there, riles people up, and then just kind of plays plays like a doll and lets people kind of rag him for the sake of drawing a penalty. And they tried to move Kadri in the off season. His value is not that great right now. So and it, it's the playoff issue. Nobody yeah. wants to invest in a guy who's in your two hole into the playoffs, you know, matching up with Jamie Ben or somebody and all of a sudden he's in the press box. So and tell that's, me been, that's been my argument one last thing that's been my argument for years years about the big over the top physical nature of playing hockey you know our our good friend uh, Brandon Punye he and I've gone back back and forth on it in years past you know we he'd sit down he loves 
the big open ice hits and these big things. And I, and my argument has always been against them for the Nazem Kadri, Tom Wilson reason suspension, suspension or not. The point is now you, you are going, you're taking yourself out of the play by by setting out to take a big run at somebody or out of the most at the most you're a productive guy like tom wilson and kadri are and can be and now you're taking yourself off the ice for at least a minor penalty if not a 7 10 15 20 game suspension right what what how is it worth it for that just to get the holy shit oh my gosh moment of what an open ice hit you know what they need I think what you're describing here is that these guys need to take a page out of the maturity handbook of Brad Marchand. Oh God. Don't you think? <laughs> I'm gossiping okay. right over that. We're moving on. What, 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 what question did you have My for other me? question is the right side of your defense. Okay. So you got a lot of left shot guys, a lot of real NHL left shot guys. Now you've got Murray, Gerard. Bowen Byram, who looks brilliant, by the way, and Devin Taves, who plays the off wing or who plays the off point behind Kale McCarr. What does the right side of your defense look like? Is McCowan ready? Is uh, is Eric Johnson ready to go? What do you like about Barron? Where do you? What are what are these? What's their defense going to look like? And and I won't interrupt you this time. Tell me where they are, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Well, um, it's okay. So on defense, your, your, your top two right now are Gerard and, and Makar. Okay. Uh, your middle two there is likely going to be right now. It's, um, Byram and Johnson. So you put Taves, Taves to the bottom two no, and Gerard no, on top? No. Taves, it, right now, I'm saying right now because Taves is missing some time to start the year. Okay. Okay. Taves, Taves had surgery in the offseason. Yeah. He, he's going to miss at least a little bit of time to start the year. Taves is a top four pairing. You cannot, you cannot have – Two two pairs, two, a top four without Taves in it. You just can't. So where you slot him, who he pairs with, he played well with Gerard. Makar is your top defenseman, so he's got to be on the ice. Your your top minutes on defense. Taves has proven he can play well with Gerard and Makar. So you can put him you can put him top with Makar. You can put him in the middle with with Gerard, but he's got to be one or the other. Now that all depends on you know shot right versus left shot, you know, all these things who he pairs well with in that regard. But he's, he, he's got to be there. He, right now he's not simply because he's missing some time. So if we're going off the start of the year, your top four right now, Gerard, McCarr, Byram, and Johnson, Eric Johnson. He's, um, he's still, he's 33 years old. He's 100% healthy right now. And as a result, he's, he's a leader. He's, he's passionate. He cares about your team. He's there. He's healthy. He's fantastic. He not be anywhere but the top four for Eric Johnson when when the spot is available. That's got to happen. All healthy. You got four top quality NHL defensemen that are left shots. 
Now, last night I noticed that Byram played some on the right point, and he was pretty good at dragging the puck off the boards on the backhand and bringing it to the forehand into the middle of the ice. Somebody's got to do that. I know Sam Girard is extremely skilled as well. And this is where a guy like TJ Brody in Toronto, who has always played the off point, is fantastic on his off uh, on his backhand on the right point as a left shot. So I would just I, on the back end, I want to be careful if if it were my decision, I want to be careful of not putting a tremendous puck mover with a tremendous puck mover. I like the balance of Macar with with Taves. Well, one got- one can really move the puck and one can be a stay-at-home guy. I like the balance of Gerard with Johnson. Johnson's a big body guy who can b- block shots and play in his own end and Gerard can move the puck up. I like Murray with Byram. Right? To right like that. That's how I like it, but how how it falls, we'll see. The beauty of what you've got to work with there now is the only one of your top seven guys that you might not always trust, thinking back to last year's playoffs, in a third period of a one-goal game against a, against a really top matchup is Sam Gerrard. The other guys, McCarr, Byram, Taves, Murray, they can move the puck, they can step into the play, they can, they can play on the power play, but they can also match with the top with the other team's top line. So they, there is no matchup that those four or five guys can't handle. And that's, that's the great part of that, of that roster. But if they're healthy, one of them's got to play the off point. Just curious. what you if, think. if they're healthy, it's probably going to look, it's probably going to fall if they're all healthy. Um, again, depending on how they play in preseason, who wins a spot, who, who, whatever. But if they're all healthy, you're, you're likely looking at a McCarr Taves, Gerard, depending Johnson. on how you de- depending on how you want to slot it, Gerard and probably Johnson, and Byram with P- Murray. Byron Murray with um, depending with depending on how he plays, potentially Barron being an extra. Um, although not having seen a lot of Justin Barron so far. Um, you're likely looking at uh, Jacob McDonald, who's earned himself based on play last year, being at least that seventh guy. Yeah. How I they fall. We'll, we'll see how that goes. You got you've got guys an hour away that can play in the National Hockey League. They, yeah. They've got they've got at least eight or nine bona fide NHL defensemen, and uh, and that's a nice problem to have. And that's why I like them. They're and and you're going to like Kemper. Um, so this team is like we were playing golf a couple of days ago and somebody said, who do you like here? And I said, it's going to sound a little Homer, but you, until I see otherwise, somebody's got to go through Colorado. Yep. Just, I, I love it. Uh, speaking of defensemen, one note for you. Uh, remember Noah Della Durante from the showcase defenseman from Coquitlam. I love the guy. Thought he, was, he wore number six, right? Yeah. I thought he was fantastic. He really never caught on. He went to Princeton, and I don't know if it was a COVID issue or what happened to him, but he he has not played. So he's now, I think, 22 or so and uh, and never really caught on. I really thought that guy might be a late emerging kind of 
dark horse, but I also don't know what happened to him. So he might've got banged up. Uh, it might've been shut down due to COVID, who knows. Anyway, just thought I'd, thought I'd bring that up and, and uh, missing the BCHL showcase. Yep, exactly. Uh, Colin Rock has just picked up the Dak brother. Oh, is that right? Okay. They traded uh, Trevor Wong to um, Saskatoon for uh, Colton Dak. Colton so, Dak. Um, picking up a, a, a name there. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to go high. I think he's going to be good. They're going to. Uh, I saw Caden Korzak that came from Colonia. He was in the lineup last night for Vegas. Um, Lassie Thompson, the Foot Brothers. You know they continue to pump them out there. Absolutely. So, uh, BCHL um, preseason is underway. Um, these are a force again so far through the preseason. Of course. Uh, NCAA getting ready here in the next week or two to get going as well. We'll see how that goes with, and we've touched on it. We'll see how that goes with um, your Alaskas and things sitting out the year, uh, or at least falling into the independent circuit with Arizona State. Um, So we'll see how that goes. The new CCHA division, they're back to the CCHA, uh, which is part of the reason that it threw a wrench into things of travel and all this for a few schools. Uh, St. Thomas is a new school playing Division One in the CCHA this year. And um, where are they? St. Thomas? Yeah. They are um, – let me double-check here. I think they are in – where are they? I don't follow college hockey as well as I should. Forgive the, the silence here um, <laughs> while I search it. what you would call dead air as I search it, but um, St. Thomas division moving from division three to division one. They are, they are in Minnesota. So they are uh, Minnesota. um, Let's see. They're Minnesota private schools ejection from its conference for being too dominant. So there are, there are private school playing division three, but they were, so apparently so dominant in division three that they, the league just said, we can't have you keep, we can't have this. So they, they're making the jump, but uh, they're going to play, they're gonna play CCHA with um, your Northern Michigans and, and Lake Superior and all that stuff. So I played, uh, played golf two weeks ago with Toby Peterson, who oh, had Toby. 500 games in the, in the show, came from Minnesota, came straight out of Minnesota Played in Edmonton for a while, uh, played in Dallas for a few years, and uh, knocked around up and down the minor leagues for a while and, and finally settled in here. But uh, extremely nice kid, underrated guy, and what a, what a fantastic guy he is. So welcome to Colorado, Toby Peterson, as a part of the Dog Nation Hockey Tournament. Anyway. But, so a lot to look forward to. Regular season getting started here in the next two weeks or so, which is exciting. Um, we'll have a lot more fresh content again, war room, whiteboard sessions. I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, adding a new fresh take, something new for, for the show here on a, yeah. on a daily basis. I want to make that a daily thing as much as I can. Um, so th- we can touch on little things obviously on, on podcast episodes, but make it a, as much of a daily thing as possible, uh, to keep up with 
games throughout the season uh, for for YouTube and stuff like that. So lots to look forward to continue to look my very very best for the whiteboard sessions. Uh, so lots to uh, look forward to. Um, but oh, one other one other uh, a non hockey related topic. One minute, my alter ego, my namesake, Turd Ferguson. Uh, Rest in peace, Turd Ferguson, Norm McDonald, great career, fun guy. Uh, oh, is that where Turd Ferguson came from? Was Norm McDonald? Yes. I was unaware of that. I thought you were I thought you were about to make kind of a a, a joke that you're retiring the name Turd oh. Ferguson. Because when we when we get on Zoom here and I send you the invite, it always pops up as I'm sitting here waiting. Turd Ferguson, waiting for for admittance into the meeting. Yes. Waiting for Turd Ferguson. I if, if you haven't seen it. Uh, he invented this character on Saturday Night Live called Turd Ferguson, and he is just a, the most hilarious tongue-in-cheek guy you ever saw. And there was a woman, actually, Turd Ferguson played Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live, and he was a complete buffoon. And there was a woman on Jeopardy years ago, and I know it's, it's got to be someplace on YouTube. She was on Jeopardy, Final Jeopardy. She had no idea what the answer is, and so she wrote who is Turd Ferguson? And so Alex Trebek comes on and, and says, did you get the right answer? And then he goes, oh, who is Turd Ferguson? No, that's incorrect. And then they asked her what she was thinking when she did that. And she said, I, my buddies, my family and friends back home bet me $500 that I couldn't get Alex Trebek to say Turd Ferguson on a broadcast of Jeopardy. And she did it, and she won the money. So, Turd Ferguson's uh, folklore lives on. What a! But anyway, rest in peace, Norm. Good yep. career. We'll miss you. Yep. So, a lot to look forward to. The speaking of trade deadline, um, a lot of questions in the air this year for some teams. Come trade deadline, of of which direction they're going to go. Uh, Minnesota put on a fight last year, but uh, come trade deadline this year, especially back in the Central. Uh, with all the central teams with playing with playing yeah. now outside your division, you know, as opposed to last year with doing these things, what fight does Minnesota put up? Chicago, Nashville, right? You know, a, a number of teams like that. So uh, which direction do they go? Uh, where are they in which direction do they go come trade deadline and, and, and things like that. So a lot, a lot of, as much as we talk about contenders and, you know, basement teams and then the teams on the rise, there's also those teams right in the middle that are ready to fall and, and either will. And then there's the teams that, you know, could go either way. So we'll see, we'll see which way they go. Know this for sure that six months from now, when we're talking about this, there are going to be six, at least six or maybe more extremely good hockey teams that will be at home when the playoffs begin. It could be Chicago, could be the Rangers, could even be somebody like Washington, Nashville. Go down the list. There are going to be very, very good teams that will not even see the first round. So, and that's kind of what makes the world great because that puts drama into the end of January game, you know, where you normally wouldn't have because those two points matter just as much in October, November as they do in March and April. So don't miss any. 
And we'll close with this and we can touch on it more next week just simply because it's more of a conversation. And in fairness, I forgot about it, not just chose to do it this late, but uh, Jack Eichel stripped of the sea in Buffalo. And uh, a lot, of, still a lot of questions there. He's no longer captain and um, people, teams, teams not thrilled with and um, concerned about the ask the asking price for for Jack Eichel in a trade. All these things. So there's a lot to unpack there that we can probably do next week or another time. But at least wanted to throw it out there. Jack Eichel no longer no longer wearing the C in Buffalo. Oh, and we, we've talked about Jack Eichel quite a bit, extremely talented guy. And he has, right now, he's got until the trade deadline, until uh, July 13th, they've got to do something with him or a full no-move clause kicks in. And if you think he's hard to deal with right now, wait till next July. You, you are going to be absolutely stuck. So here's a guy with a neck injury, an attitude, and a $10 million price tag. Yep. And what are you going to do with it? Like what in the world are you going to do to get assets for him? If he leaves your rebuild just got extended three or four years. By the time you get draft picks and develop and, and get some assets in that you can build around it, That's, that is an absolute tire fire. And, and we've been through that before, but anyway, thanks for bringing that up again. It's a mess. Worm the Hockey Podcast, Worm the Hockey Podcast, number, episode number five. Uh, thanks for everybody for joining, uh, yeah. for your patience. Thanks for joining on Zoom again this week. Uh, again, head to the necessary social media platforms uh, Facebook, Instagram, Worm the Hockey Podcast, at Worm the Hockey Podcast, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hit the, hit the notification bell. Share with family, friends, anybody you know that. You, that loves hockey, wants to know more about hockey. We'd love for not only more support, more listeners, but we'd love for engagement, you know, engage with us, writing questions, share stories, comments, anything like that. Uh, Make sure you head, if you haven't, if you don't already, uh, make sure you head and you support uh, Dog Nation. Um, Send prayers to Peter McNabb. And um, yeah, we'll see you all in the hockey community here in the coming weeks. NHL regular season, getting ready to start. Boom. Boom. Thank you, guys. Good to see you. Cheers.